Hello everyone, this is Andre from The Mental Health and this is the start of the Equally Well podcast. I'm here with Andy Bell, Deputy Chief Executive of the Centre for Mental Health. So this is an exciting point of this new collaborative. So tell us about Equally Well, what's the problem that Equally Well is addressing? Equally Well is, is about addressing one of the biggest inequalities in health that we've got really in, in the entire country and indeed in some ways uh, internationally, that, that people who have uh, uh, a long-term mental health condition such as schizophrenia, personality disorder uh, and, and other, uh, other conditions uh, have a very much shorter life expectancy uh, and this is mainly due to poor physical health uh, and, and, and I think uh, it's been observed by many many reports over the years that, that uh, there's been a real neglect of, of the physical health and well-being of, of people who are living with a, with a serious mental illness and uh, it's really time to start to put that right. We've known about this for a long time, this isn't uh, new information. Um, I think the difficulty is we haven't really had a coordinated and concerted approach nationwide to, to really beginning to tackle this. Uh, I think we've had some people working in local areas, doing some really interesting positive work um, that, that has helped to close some of that gap locally and to support people in, in, on a small scale. Uh, and, and I think this is about saying we can't accept uh, that anymore, that that's all we do. We have to see this as being a national priority. We have to see it as something which, which uh, we need to judge the whole of the NHS by. Uh, this isn't something that, that just one bit of the system can deal with on its own. And is this just a UK problem? I mean, how, does, how, do, how does this compare to the US or Australia or other European countries? I think what we know from, from data we've seen is that this is a very common problem internationally, certainly in, in uh, similarly developed countries to, to the UK. Uh, if anything, I think the gap in the US is slightly wider. Um, but certainly in New Zealand, where, where the original Equally Well came from, uh, the, the gap is similar to here in the UK and, and, and you've got similar kind of problems of, of physical health being overshadowed, not taken seriously uh, and, and a lack of help and support at the right time for issues that uh, escalate to the point at which someone becomes very seriously unwell. <laughs> I guess it's a it's a tricky problem to solve this, isn't it? Um, because it's not a simple, you know, here's a guideline, do this and everything will be all right. Very complex. So what's the solution that's proposed by Equally Well? So Equally Well wants to be part of the solution. I don't for a moment think that on its own, this one initiative will, will change everything. And, and as I said, things are beginning to change in many places anyway. Uh, and certainly since the five-year forward view for mental health, we've seen more mental health trusts, for example, providing people with physical health checks uh, each year. I think what Equally Well proposes to do is, is to really bring all the different organisations together who have a part to play in this. We know that uh, this is a problem about the whole system. It can't just be done by mental health services alone. It can't just be done by acute uh, or community services alone. It, need, it needs the involvement of public health in local government. It needs the involvement of education and training organisations. And it needs the involvement of charities, not just in the mental health sector, but, but in areas like cancer and heart disease and diabetes. We need to bring everyone together to say, this is a problem we've all got. It's a serious inequality in health. Let's really join forces and do something on a different scale 
and crucially let's do it in a way which is co-produced with people who are actually living with these experiences day to day um, which is why from the very start both the original New Zealand equally well and the one we're building here uh, is co-produced with people who are, are living with, with these experiences. We're certainly, um, thanks to the five-year forward view for mental health, seeing a real sea change in, in the way that, that mental health trusts are, are offering physical health checks um, on, on a regular basis. And again, this will vary between local areas, and, and, but I think where it's being done well, we're seeing now very much higher rates of that happening. And crucially, those health checks have to be with a purpose. It's not just to kind of identify a problem, it's then to, to find solutions. But, but um, So we are beginning to see some movement on that. We know that we're really at, at the bottom of a very big hill here, that, that we've got to start to, to really try and understand, well, what are the measures that particularly people living with mental health conditions would like to see the system judged against? And how can we encourage that to happen? And how can we bring that into not just the current uh, plan through the five-year forward view, but, but whatever follows it, because this is going to take a number of years to, to really embed in a big way. Uh, and as you say, ultimately, we're looking to uh, create the situation where people have uh, longer, healthier lives who happen to have a mental illness, and, and that will not happen overnight. We certainly won't see the results of that straight away. But just simply helping one person to quit smoking can buy seven years of extra life on average. Uh, and just helping someone to, to, to avoid becoming physically unwell in the first place during a first episode of psychosis, for example, can have a dramatic effect on their quality of life right now. Um, so there are definitely things we can do. We definitely need to, to find better ways of, of measuring this and agreeing how we measure it. Um, but we also know that this is going to have to be a sustained effort. So t tell me a bit about the Charter for Equal Health. That's one of the kind of main objectives in this first year. Yeah, it is. And, and again, we're, we're building on New Zealand's experience where uh, they really kind of began with, with what they called a consensus statement. Um, that was the kind of the single document, if you like, that brought everyone together and said, yes, we want to work together on, on this basis. Um, bringing this to the UK, we have uh, drafted what we're calling a Charter for Equal Health. It sets out the principles by which, by which Equally Well is going to work and, and the, 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 the idea, if you like, underneath it, that actually if you have a, a mental health problem, that doesn't mean you have any less right to good physical health and that it is the responsibility of the whole system to provide the right support to any individual to enjoy good physical health uh when they happen to have uh, a mental health condition so, so that charter is something we ask any organization joining equally well becoming part of our collaborative to say that they sign up to and then alongside that again building on what they're doing in new zealand we're asking each organization to make an individual pledge for the thing that they will do for their part knowing that none can hold solve the whole of the problem but each of us individually can do something that will help to make a difference so everyone signs the charter and everyone makes their own pledge. And then obviously over time, we'll keep checking in with organizations about how they're doing uh, on their pledge and hopefully get uh, shared experiences as a result of that. So you and I have been working in mental health for about 300 years, I think. At least. Um, I wonder, you know, this is a really difficult problem to solve. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the kind of barriers and levers to Equally Well UK 
being a success? Are, are those political barriers? Are they money barriers? Are they policy barriers? What What do you think is going to be the challenge to to really make this run? I, I think I mean it, it's it's really interesting, and we will see, won't we? I mean, I think there's no shortage of enthusiasm at the moment, uh, and and there's certainly no lack of of political support for this agenda. It was in no health without mental health as well as a, as a major objective back in 2011. Um, so improving and and, and equalising physical health is 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 certainly something which is recognised at every level uh, as as an issue. I think it's about really getting that whole system commitment. We know that this can't be done by mental health organisations alone. Uh, we need GPs involved. We need people working in cancer services involved. We need people working in every single bit of the system uh, to become a part of this movement and, and to share actions and, and to be, be part of something bigger than themselves. Uh, and so I think it's, it's the real test will be, can we get commitment from across the system? Can we build this as a real movement for change that brings people in who perhaps don't normally get involved with something with mental health uh, on, on the door uh, and, and can we then through that create the momentum for, for really really making a difference as you say money's tight it's not going to get any easier a lot of the actions require support from public health and, and local public health services have had really very significant financial cuts considerably more than NHS organizations have had to put up with in recent years um, so, so there are going to be an awful lot of challenges and equally well in and of itself is not going to solve those. But hopefully we can be part of that solution and we can help to support the people who are wanting to make a change.